0: Hey podcast world. Welcome to another edition, another exciting episode of FNO and Tech. We're here with our co-host today, Mr.
1: Is that my call? It's it's the Matt Fathery. The the Matt Fathery. So guest co host So you only let me come on to special occasions like this. So That's right. We're we're live. We're remote today. We're in Austin.
0: We're coming to you live from, uh, isn't it the armadillo capital of the world?
1: Okay, I'll go with that. Sure. So okay.
0: Also, the capital of Texas, right? Yes. Yes. Uh huh. The home of the Longhorns. Sorry. That's okay. I had to say that. That's
1: okay. The Longhorns are there. Yes. So. But why are we
0: in Austin, anyways?
1: We're here to see a great new, uh, innovative insurance company today, and uh, we are live on Sixth Street, Austin, in a very innovative. Um area of the Texas, visiting Hippo. Hippo.
0: Wow. You mean Hippo the uh, animal or Hippo the tech insurance company?
1: Well, I I think we're here to visit the insurance company. Although when we were waiting on the elevator downstairs, uh, there's six floors to the building. I don't know if you've noticed. The one Mm -hmm. floor had a company called Black Lotus. One floor had Hippo and another Mm -hmm. floor had a company called Frog. So I'm sure hoping that we are meeting with some insurance people today, because if not, then I don't know exactly what we've walked into.
0: Well, we are, and we're meeting with Mr. Darren McCarthy. Darren is the head of claims for Hippo Insurance, and Darren is an industry veteran who finds himself in a whole new world and way of doing insurance.
1: Fascinating. Um, I'm excited today. This is... uh, I think this is kind of the future of insurance, and, and we're starting to see this um, these kind of companies uh, uh, pop up and starting to flourish. So yes. I'm super excited about coming down here today and yes. visiting with him and yeah. see what's uh, have, what's going on in his world.
0: We have one of their competitors as a customer at
1: 470, which is really cool,
0: and it's um, really cool to hear about. It's going to be really cool to hear about Hippo, and um, and and how they go about uh, competing in a in a in a very competitive environment. In a whole new school kind of way, so um, let's do this. What do you think you do that? Let's let's do it. Although this office is pretty
1: awesome, isn't it? It is extremely cool. So maybe we'll talk about that later.
0: Uh, so without further ado, here's our episode with Darren McCarthy, head of claims at Hippo Insurance. Hey, podcast world! We are in Austin, Texas today. F N O. InsureTech Hits the Road, and we are in the palatial offices of Hippo Insurance with Darren McCarthy. What do you say, Darren?
2: Hey, good to see you, Rob.
0: Good to see you. Tell us, um, tell us uh, the most pressing question we have for you, of all the questions we have for you, is what's with Hippo? <laughs> help, help, help us to understand Hippo Insurance.
2: Well... Hippo Insurance is an, uh, an insure tech homeowners insurance company. Um, we write in fifteen states currently, and we are on a uh, trajectory to be nationwide in the next few years. And we uh, we essentially are taking um, the insurance, the homeowners insurance process. Um, we're just we're making it a lot simpler, a um, lot more a um, lot more user friendly a lot more customer centric. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're just, uh, we're taking the insurance world by storm.
0: So, um, give us, give us 30 seconds on what it means to be the head of claims for an insure tech homeowners company.
2: Well, it's a uh, very challenging. Uh, it's been, uh, definitely the best move of my career. Um, super excited about uh, what we're doing. Um, we are essentially, we are combining a uh, customer centric focus, uh, in claims along with, uh, smart claims, handling techniques, um, being mindful of fraud, um, you know, all the things that we need to do as far as our due diligence, but we're doing it in a, in a way that, um, is a little different than the traditional operators out there. Um, we're, we're looking at customers in a different way. Um, putting our egos aside, um, as adjusters and, and just, uh, doing the best we can to be empathetic and provide the, you know, the customer with what they expect. And that's, uh, I think something that's unique in the market uh, mm-hmm. these days and, uh, we're, we're having a good time doing it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So one of the interesting things is, uh, the insure tech, uh, label that you added to homeowners insurance on a, from a global look at hippo what what what, do, what does that mean that you're an insure tech?
2: well for instance, on the onboarding process, we, um, we've taken away the you know 30 or 40 questions that um, a typical homeowner's insurance carrier will ask for a uh, for new business. And we've simpli- um, simplified it down to, I think, six questions. And from those six questions, we're able to use AI technology to pull in all of the other information plus some about, um, about this particular risk. So not only are we able to onboard business quicker, um, we're, we're able to identify good business and onboard that business as well. So um, that's just one example of how we're using AI technology.
0: So, are, but you're looking at things like w- where the risk is. What are the weather patterns in those
2: areas? Right. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's dozens upon dozens of resources that we use to pull in information, um, um with regard to the conditions of the homes, the age of the homes, age of roofs, um, the 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 climate in which the the house is uh, you know the dwelling is located. Um, just just a, a tremendous amount of information that would take somebody um, um, a long time in the traditional sense to to properly underwrite. Mm-hmm. And we can do it automatically. And so, part of your play is da- is being very data driven. Yes, absolutely. Data is the key. Um, we're able to pull information. You know, not only are we we gathering, you know, we're we're building our business, but we're gathering data off of that as well. Mm-hmm. So we're be, we're going to be able to use that to uh, optimize our own processes through through the good business that we've brought in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in addition to that, the the information that's that's out there, um, we're able to to pull just tremendous amounts of data in to uh, to onboard good business.
0: So you're you're a claims veteran and insurance veteran. Was the company
2: founded by uh, a
0: bunch of people like that?
2: No, actually, um, our our founder and co-founder um, were not in the insurance business. So they basically came up with uh, an idea to to get into this this business through through a lot of research. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have an incredible insurance team headed by Rick McCathren, um, our chief insurance officer, uh-huh. and um, and he's put in place a lot of veterans from the industry who have recognized over the years that the the business could be run different, um, could be run more efficiently, could be run using technology, and um, and that's essentially what we're doing.
1: That has to be uh, very different sitting in a room with founders that don't have insurance backgrounds. They probably challenge you to think differently and question why we do things in the claims business, which is probably pretty great experience. Can you talk to you a little bit
2: about that? Oh, absolutely. In fact, that's a, a super great question. Um, it's interesting when you're teaching people about insurance um, who don't have a background in it, You you actually start thinking about things you haven't thought about in a long time because they're really looking at it from a you know uh, a base level and so uh, that's been actually a great exercise in terms of building out our um underwriting in our, our sales system to building out our claim system it's forced me to really dial back and think about the 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 granular level mm-hmm. of um you know the process of handling claims and and, and uh you know running an insurance company so um
1: it's kind of, of a blank been, canvas, isn't it? It's it, it kind, kind of, of creates your own.
2: Well, well, yeah, and you actually have certain expectations or certain assumptions, rather, that you have had about the business. And when people that aren't in the business start to question that, you know, you can either look at it like, well, what do you know? We've been doing this for a long time. Or you can start start to say, you know, you're right. That, that may not make sense. So maybe we shouldn't do it that way and start vetting other ideas. And so it's just been a really great, um, exercise in expanding your mind into what is possible out there.
1: Yeah. I think one of the biggest, uh, challenges our industry has is the technology. Um, cause most companies are really built on legacy systems, server farm, stuff like that. So again, it's kind of a blank canvas, right? You can kind of, Would I take probably build your own system, go out and and find something that's more cloud-based and all that? I mean, that has to be, again, a very refreshing part of the entire process is much less claims uh, is to be in that. Would would that assumption be correct?
2: Yeah, absolutely. The technology out there is amazing. And, you know, um, it's amazing how fragile systems are out there. And you've got to do things to mitigate that. And I think our customers, I think our regulators um, definitely um, want us to be uh, nimble. And uh, to to you know meet the promises that we've um, you know that we've you know promised to our policyholders, and to do that, you've got to have that technology and, and have backup systems and cloud-based systems and good, solid technology that works and that's not fragile.
0: I'm I'm really intrigued by what you had to say about um, the mixture of industry veterans like yourself and people who have really no insurance background whatsoever and having them challenge your assumptions and just the things that you know i mean that's one of the things when we all talk as industry veterans there's many things we don't have to say to each other because we just know it to be true it's our in our foundation of knowledge and so to to have that challenged constantly must be Really interesting. Almost, oh gosh, I don't want to go to this meeting (laughs) where they're going to chat, they're going to
2: put me up against the wall again. Well, I think that um, self analysis is something that a lot of people are afraid to do and um that's an ego thing and sure. so i think it's really important to uh to self-analyze um your especially your thinking your your assumptions about uh the way the world operates and um as we in in so many industries are going forward and, and using technology that is constantly being being challenged and uh, if you're the kind of person that just can't self-analyze and can't you know question your own beliefs um sorry you're, you're just you're not going to make it in this industry and, and many industries
0: one of the interesting things you brought up when in, in our previous conversations is uh, the idea of sale claims as a sales function oh yeah and I think everybody would you know most of our carrier audience would acknowledge that the claims experience is super important it's su- it's super critical in retention but tell us about Claims is a sales function, and, and what what you're talking about there?
2: Sure. Um, so yeah, I think that a lot, most people in claims understand, you know, retention. Um, you know, we don't we don't want to do things to make this particular um, insured go away. Um, treat them right, you know, the best we can, uh, and that kind of thing. And and I also think a lot of claims people don't think about even that at all. But we're taking a little bit of a different approach to this. That if we if we treat an insured exceptionally well. Um, we know that that person is going to talk to others, and when a claims department starts thinking in terms of acquisition, I think you got a unique thing going. Um, that's that's what our focus is: is to to treat people so well, um, better than their own insurance company, perhaps or the last insurance company they had, um, so that they they actually think about that and um, and use that as a decision making, you know, you know, process.
1: It's interesting because if if, if I have that. Customer interaction. If I have a claimant and I'm in my yard and I just had a great experience with you as as, as my insurance company, um, that potential customer that they're talking to could go and fire the app up and look right away. Right? It's it's a whole nother level of, of sales. It, you know, they're they're hot at that point and they they're interested. They can go there. They can get a quote. I mean, that's another dimension that. Uh, I don't have to go down and visit their agent or make a phone call. They can initiate it, you know, in a self-service manner. That's that's huge at this at this day and age we are.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That technology is is definitely there. Um, while we do partner with agents, um, we also have um, our own. In inside Hippo agents that uh, sell policies where you can call in or, or, or chat or however you'd like to do that. But yeah, there's a direct to right. You can go online and you can quote a policy um, very, very quickly with Hippo.
0: What percentage, do you know what percentage of your sales happens strictly online with no interaction with, a, with an agent or a, a, any kind of sales function?
2: I would say roughly 25%. Wow. Um, I would say Probably about 50% still use agents. Um, mm-hmm. Agents are very, very valuable in the market. Uh, people trust their agents. Um, but, you know, there's some people, um, not just millennials, but people um, across the board that uh, like the process of, or the, the, the prospect, rather, of, of buying a policy um, online. Uh-huh. Uh, that, that's, that's 25%. That's a big number. It's a little surprising. Yeah. It's Uh a, it's a, it's a lot. And I think that also goes to how easy our process is. Um, If you tried to get quotes through others, I mean, it it can be a really, uh, a big deal, a big process. And with HIPPO, it's, um, it's very streamlined.
0: Let's talk, you, you've, I've heard you speak about three things that get in the way or that limit um, change or innovation inside of um carriers are inside of a claims department legacy systems, legacy thinking, and issues to do with change. Can you talk about that for a minute?
2: yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that the market is ripe for a company like hippo for companies um, that are willing to you know em- embrace the changes that are inevitable and uh, companies like um, you know, four seventy have also done the same thing. You've you've embraced the technology that's out there, and um, you know, le- the legacy systems out there are you know they are what they are. They were great years ago. Um, they they definitely were better than the systems before them. Um, you know, I used to handle claims on you know carbon carbon forms, you know, physical f- files, and yes, you know, absolutely. it's uh, I think a lot of us out there, you know, we're we're like that. Was not
1: that long ago either? It so- really wasn't that long
2: ago no. <laughs> and. In uh, a century, yeah, yeah, indeed. And it's, uh, it's really nice, you know, the, to, to have a virtual company where I can handle claims wherever my laptop and an internet signal are. And, um, so that traditional, you know, traditional systems are definitely, you know, clunky and, and they don't lend themselves to a great customer experience. Um, probably more importantly is the legacy thinking. Um, I don't know if it's fear, if it's ego, um, exactly what it is, but it's, um, you know, the fear of change is is real. And um, sometimes, you know, the pain that you feel that is known is safer than the unknown potential pain or upside. So, um, you know, I think that that legacy legacy thinking hurts um, all the way around. Um, and then lastly, just the fear of change, which I kind of go, kind of goes along with legacy thinking as well. It's, it's hard to change. It's, it's a, it's a process. You guys have done it. You've changed systems before. Um, it was, it was a challenge. It was a scary thing. It was expensive. Um, it's an investment and, um, you know, it's, it's just, uh, if you're not willing to do that, you're going to fall behind in this market.
1: Yeah, I would agree. It's, um, you know, I think the thinking is the, is the critical part There, the legacy thinking. I mean, that's a very challenging thing to do. I mean, I've been in this business nearly 25 years and over the course of the last couple of years, we've really tried to challenge every aspect of how we think and process claims and say, is this the right way to do it? And a lot of it is, is okay, but it's not necessarily the best right now. And it's a very challenging to walk into meetings and and you've you're questioning everything you've built and designed and done over the years. It's it's a it's an interesting deal. But it's refreshing to see that. I think the the sales channel to me having the agents and the app isn't unique because that traditional agent is still going to be there for a long time. And it adds a tremendous value, but to add that dimension and still acknowledge that both of those are there, I think is a tremendous advantage for you guys.
2: So definitely. And even from a claims perspective, working with our agents, I don't know um, in in my history in my career. And I just, I believe in the industry claims, people don't work with agents very closely. And I just don't know why that is because when agents have questions um, about claims, you know, we should be there to help them out. We should be there um, to, to, you know, give them information. And, and if they have a problem with a customer, I want that partnership. I want them to be able to say, Hey, Mrs. So-and-so is, you know, got some problems and we need to deal with her with a special in a special way,
1: especially when they have problems, right? They're boots on the ground. They're uh, a lot of times embedded in a community and, and, that that feels warm to people, right?
2: Absolutely, and that's you know that's why they go to an agent. They're looking for that that comfort, you know. And the agent can't say, "Ah, oh, well, that's the carrier," you know. Um, they certainly can, but it doesn't give them much credibility placing that business with you. So, um, so I think that you know that relationship is, re- is really important. That we treat the agents uh, very well and and just be there for them, just like we would the policyholder.
0: You you do some very progressive things with the policyholder. I thought that your story about the campfire. Mm in California is a, a really interesting one. Would you, Would you? can you share that with us?
2: Oh, sure. Um, and this technology is out there, but um, I was impressed how fast we were able to put it together. But um, the campfire in Paradise, California, we, um, we had an, a number of policyholders that unfortunately had their homes burned down. And um, as the fire was burning, um, we were able to pull up Cal Fire's um, fire map, um, which is very detailed and outlines exactly where the fire is and where the hotspots are. And within 10 minutes, we were able to overlay our policyholder map and get um, exactly the number of customers that we had in the fire zone and those that were threatened by it. And uh, my team and I mobilized and we spent the weekend calling 100% of our customers that were either in the fire zone or threatened by it. And, uh, just to see if they were okay. Um, just, you know, if there's anything they needed from us, um, we took 12 of the 15 claims at the time before the uh, policyholder ever called us, which was a, that's a, a really interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: What and kind yeah. of reactions did you get? I, well, first of all, I mean, I live in Sacramento, so that's not far from paradise. Yeah. And, uh, it was, I mean, it was a horrific, terrible event, one of the worst, you know, ever. And so, I mean, the, They must have been, these people were devastated who you were talking to, yes?
2: Oh, absolutely. In fact, you know, a lot of adjusters get kind of jaded about their their job, you know, know, high pendings, lots of of work, um, overworked. it was interesting to me. Um, you know, when, when one of my, um, one of my adjusters was talking to a lady who was literally watching her house burn down and she sobbed on the phone while they, while we talked to her and just tried to be that comfort for her. And that's where, that's where this stuff gets real. You know, when, when Mm -hmm. you're dealing with that, this isn't just a typical drain, you know, problem or, you know, uh, you know, just a, a small claim. This is, this is someone's life who literally just lost everything. And, um, that made a huge impression on us in in terms of how we're going to handle proactivity in the future, Mm -hmm. uh, with whether, whatever it is, wind and hail and fire and and all of those things. We, um, we have a, an initiative to, to put together a a great plan to, to be proactive in the way we handle those.
0: Speaking of proactive, let's talk about, um, loss prevention. Uh, We have a upcoming episode with, uh, Gabe Halimi from flow. Mm Mm-hmm the InsureTech Flow, are you familiar with this? And uh, which is a really interesting device. It's a cat now, almost a category of InsureTech devices, you know, water control devices. And um, where do you guys, where are you guys on prevention? Are you thinking about that? Is that included in your plan?
2: Absolutely. In fact, our um, policyholders, we've actually um, partnered with some companies uh, with um, uh, IoT devices, uh, for motion, for water detection, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, prevention's a big deal. Um, if, if our customers use those products, then there's discounts, you know, of course that come with, with that policy. So, um, I see us continuing to partner with companies that have that technology out there. Um, it's really, there's another benefit to it as well. And that's, yeah, another positive touch during that policy term where somebody sees that they have, you know, they open their cupboard and they see that water detection device or whatever. That's another positive Um, contact with their insurance company where most of the time you never hear a thing about your insurance company. So when it comes time to renew your policy, who are you going to remember? And um, so we do that as well as some other initiatives that we're working on to, to make those positive touches and um, you know, hopefully retain that, that good business.
1: It really seems like the customer interaction and the customer touch is something y'all is a very high priority. Yeah. And whatever, if that's in a positive or even a, a stressful situation, like a claim that's impactful. Yeah. Can you speak to that a little more? I mean, it's, it's especially in a company like you that's a growth company now. Right. And and how that is going to help you.
2: Yeah, no, I think we live and die by that alone. Um, If we, if we're not contacting our customers and having interactions with them that, that meet their expectations or rather even exceed their expectations, then we're, we're behind. um, We're, we're behind the ball.
0: So you're, uh, you're not satisfied. I mean, the traditionally I'll speak from my, my own experience. I never, ever, ever hear from my insurance company ever. Which doesn't bother me at all. I've never really had any different expectation, right? I right. mean, I it's if there's a
2: claim, I'm gonna file it. But short of that, nothing. Mm-hmm. But you, it sounds like you're taking a different approach. Yeah, we are. And you know, some customers are fine, just just like you. It doesn't, you know, I, I don't care if my homeowner's insurance company calls me. Uh, but some people like that. And, you know, that's it's a night it's nice to be able to to meet their expectation with that or, or exceed it
1: i got to give you props. We're uh, in your home office here, uh, uh, or at least your home base in downtown Austin. And uh, beautiful old building, restored, looks uh, like something we'd see in Silicon Valley. I love the cubicle space, the open concept. Uh, We've gone to this concept ourselves, uh, finding team members to be able to look at losses and collaborate a little bit. And and do you find that helpful? That's kind of a new thing we've started and really have enjoyed that.
2: Yeah, it's definitely kind of a, a new thing, kind of the Google concept a little bit. Um, but it I have found it to be very, very helpful. Um, you know, as a claims person sitting amongst underwriters and salespeople, I hear things. And that gives me opportunities to, to either correct or, or teach or train or learn even. And so, um, yeah, I think that this is a great work environment. You know, even our CEO, we don't have offices. You know, we have these huddle rooms that we meet in like right now. Um, but we're, we're all out amongst everybody. And that lends itself to to a um a more cohesive environment and especially you know with claims and underwriting there, there tends to be a um i wouldn't say friction but there's definitely a division there and you know we work closely with our underwriters and um and they work closely with us uh, not to influence of course we would never do that but to learn and to, to make them better investigators and at, at um, uh, placing business with us and to, to better understand the claims process and how those decisions affect uh, the policy or the customer or i mean rather the company
0: well i think Historically, some of these different um, operational functions inside of a company have been very siloed or even adversarial to each other, right? Everybody wants to be the top what you know the top department sure and so it's interesting to hear that you guys are trying to bring down those walls yeah and
2: yeah, we're all on the same team and we we try to um, really foster that as, as much as we can uh-huh. um, sometimes we're going to make decisions that they may not agree with but that's our decision to make and uh, sometimes we're not going to agree with certain business they write and that's you know that's that's their decision to make but uh, you know as long as we understand the overall goal of what we're trying to accomplish here um, you know it's it's worked out well so far
0: There's a lot of a lot of people believe in Hippo, and what it's doing. I mean, yes, you guys have had very successful seed rounds. Uh, did you t- say that you're up to and and an series? You're up to a series C. Is that correct?
2: Yes, yeah, so our C round um, we raised seventy million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think overall we're about one hundred and fifteen, maybe one hundred and twelve million we've raised.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was obviously your largest round today. It was
2: by far. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of people betting.
0: Yeah, this is this is gonna happen.
2: Yeah, we have some great partners that really believe in us and um they, they really believe in our team and, and our technology and what we're doing and uh the trajectory we're taking and um you know th- the growth that we're we're uh, we're seeing is uh proving that out. And so um yeah, you know, we're we're really happy uh, with the way things are going.
0: So I'm gonna ask you a loaded question in the, in that regard, and that is uh you must really believe in it. I mean I mean obviously you're working here and you have a vested interest, but I mean, you're a traditional claims guy. At what point did you look at this and say, yeah, this, this is going to happen?
2: Yeah, that's, um, I'm definitely a hundred percent all in, um, with this, this has been, uh, the, the best thing for my career, um, on a personal level. I have known years ago that things could be better. Um, I've had conversations with colleagues that, uh, we would talk about some of the things we're doing, but back then it was just way too revolutionary. Um, and so, yeah, it's, um, this is definitely a good time to be in this business. And, um, and I think that we're, we're, we're sort of setting the bar um, mm-hmm. for a lot of what we'll probably see in the future. Mm-hmm. So when you look at hippo, what do you see out five years from now? Well, I mean, I see us obviously um, operating in all the States and then um, and I see us just, really having a great proactive uh, plan from the claim side to, um, to deal with the catastrophes that are, that are happening, you know, and that will happen across the country. And um, I don't know, I just, I I see us um, really just being the leader in the industry.
0: Okay. I, uh, I think that's, uh, that's a great place to, to bring this to a close. Such an interesting story. We, we love the hippo story, but really what both Matt and I are sitting here wondering is do we get a t-shirt yes you will get a t-shirt okay because Darren is wearing this really cool hippo t-shirt and in fact we're going to take a picture of it and we're going to put it on our social media because uh, I'm going to have one and Matt's going to have one apparently but you guys aren't so (laughs) so eat your hippo hearts out is what I say (laughs) well listen we've really enjoyed having you with us today and um can we come can we come back and visit again as as I mean you guys are just this is not a finished book, right? You're writing, you're writing it. This is not a hundred year old company. You're writing this. You're there's still chapters to be written. Yes.
2: Absolutely. And, um, you know, you and Matt are welcome anytime to come, uh, come to hippo and, and chat with us. Uh, we're, uh, we're pleased to have you here.
1: Well, uh, we do appreciate you opening your house today and letting us come in and do this. It's uh, it's been a pleasure.
0: You know, Matt, I like Austin a lot. Um, and this is just another reason is, uh, Uh, Because of Darren McCarthy. It
1: is. He's a uh, well of a nice guy. Got a heck of a company that he's uh, with. And uh, what a cool office. 6th Street, Austin. Wow.
0: Crazy. I'm going to say this. If... If uh, you would have designed that office, it wouldn't surprise me. It, it reminded me of something that would have come out of your head. It
1: would. I'm a little jealous. It's, uh, you know, our office, we kind of had to try to create uh-huh. an old building. He's in an old building, and it's really cool. Uh-huh. I mean, it's uh, very tech-centric, and, uh, yeah, it, it would be a space I could definitely uh live in every yeah. day, so and, very cool. And,
0: and which is kind of an interesting old and new, um, there's an old and new theme here. I mean, Darren is a, a claim veteran, right, but he's working for about, or one of the more new age insurance companies out
1: there. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, when you have, uh, I guess the two primary investors are are non insurance related, so right. they had an idea, right? And then they went out and got right. uh, the expertise they needed, and then now you have this new collaboration of, of right. people with ideas and and kind of old school, right. you know, knowledge and and you know, he's right. he's an old school claims guy, you know, I like him, but he's got new thoughts, right?
0: I- exactly, and 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 that's that's a great point. And that is, is that um, uh, there's a lot of insurance knowledge and know-how, um, but it's kind of in a, st- it's, but that's stuck in a stale business model. And when you take, uh, you, you, you find people who want to do it differently experience. I mean, this guy is a claim professional, a serious claim professional. He knows claims upside down and backwards and, and, and you plug him into, to, and he's a willing participant in a new experiment and uh, and and you could do really cool things this is a great example it
1: is and I mean uh, you know startups are a lot of work but you know what you uh, tend to get in a startup is is a lot like what we experienced when you're not tied to legacy systems right. and some of the things that really are, um, kind of chain you down, then, then the fresh, fresh approach and, and going out and getting the latest software platforms and really using software as a service. I think they have got, uh, you know, a competitive advantage right now as, as everybody's trying to get to that, you know, they right. start off with a clean slate and and that's huge right now. He just has to have patience and, and, and build what he needs to the way he wants to build
0: it, right? which is what we did. Right. I mean, we came in at a time where where it was transitioning from owning your own server farm to renting a server farm, right to the cloud. Sure,
1: and then all the so, you know the software that is associated with that now that, that that's available. Um, so you know I I'm envious. Uh, it, it's you can tell he enjoys working here, and 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 they're growing, and it, it's going to be very interesting to see what they look like in the next uh, you know year or two, and, and and how that growth takes place. Right.
0: Some of the just the keys that I want to hit on before we go, and that is um what he said about their proactive approach, which is really part of their concept of claims is a sales function. That's I mean, it sounds simple, but it's pretty innovative.
1: It is. And uh I, I think um we hear that some, but some of the things they've already done being as small and as nimble they are, they, they really, I, I feel like that's going to be a core competency of them. And that's probably something that they will continue to carry forward. And that's a, that's going to be huge for them, I think. Right.
0: Their claims uh, department, as he said, is just is new or, and just, getting off the ground, but it sounds like they're a really aggressive company, like their PIF should go grow rapidly. And when he was talking to us about his projections of uh, growth, it was... Um, I mean, he's, he's got a big job in front of
1: him. Oh, absolutely. And I love the model of still using the agency force and, and mixing it in with the technology. I think that's, uh, that's going to be big because, you know, I agree with him in the fact that people are not ready to get rid of the t- traditional agents yet, but there's a market out there. So sharing both of that should give them plenty of headway to, to pick up plenty of business in the next year or two. Exactly. Because even
0: when we asked him, you know, what percentage of your sales are online only? And it's 25%. And that's a big number but that means 75% isn't strictly online so why turn your back on on that that on that model and and i mean it's obvious why they said no i mean it's the majority of their sales right
1: what was more interesting is on some of the offline comment uh, commentary we had is even in that twenty five or so percent that right. is on the app, it's all different age groups. You would think that would be more younger people, millennial based, but it wasn't necessarily, which is very interesting. It's really people that are comfortable with their phones, and I think we see that that's across all ages now. So I think yes. that was a very interesting uh, sidebar that we had with him is that um, that it's not just our younger generation, our millennials that are using it. So
0: right, he said he said an they had an 80 year old, um, do it strictly online. So, um, so obviously, um, it's so simple. Anyone can do it. Right. The caveman could do it.
1: You might. Caveman say. can do it. Yes. So, so I have a question for you. Do we have to? You know, we're on site today. Do we have to leave and run back to Waco uh, very quickly, or do we have about an hour or so? We, I think, I think we have
0: an hour. Why do you ask?
1: Well, I know you're a big fan of barbecue, especially Texas barbecue, and uh, literally. Two blocks away from here is Cooper's Barbecue, which is an all-time favorite. Uh, they've opened a branch here um, out of their Lano location, which is their where their first one. So I would like to, if if we don't have to hurry back, let's go down to Cooper's and have some Texas barbecue. Well,
0: you're not going to have to twist my arm because um, there's two things about Texas that mean a lot to me. Uh, one is 470. And the other is eating barbecue.
1: Oh, I thought it was me. Sorry. And barbecue. Well, you're, I mean, you know. I you can are, barbecue, though, so that's why you like me. You're the so. personification of 470. <laughs> well, let's get this wrapped up so we can walk okay. down the street. Why don't we? I, I like that
0: idea. So if uh, if you hear us with food in our mouth, <laughs> we Coopers. Eat your heart out, everybody, because uh, I've heard legendary things about it. Thank you, Great. Darren McCarthy, for being with us today. And thank you, podcast audience. And we'll talk to you next time
1: on FNL and True Tech. See you later.